Katarna Hamakorena Katia Nusono, Rokende Lepore Hamakashi, the Devokot of Namakayashu Hamashiak, Taruno Hondiba Karpojasune, Laukule Rakal Harkoshi Menat, Porototo Hana. Mighty Father, I thank you in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Turuneskunena Makatarna Harbolere, Supede, Magaria Kalukureshi Makato for Yemene, Sirimaka Hana, guide me, Holy Spirit, to Benestasia, I wait for this moment. Lord God Almighty, these are your people, this is your church, Almighty Father. Use me to your glory, Father God, the head, Rabakari Bagana. Everything that I say, oh my Father, let it come from you, the God of Israel. You send me for your people, Almighty Father, even as I pray in the mighty name of the Lord Yeshua Hamashiach, just Christ. Amen. Amen. Um, I want to, by the grace of God, there are so many things, you know, I, I keep, you need to pray for me because when I'm praying, I, 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 not when I'm praying, but every day I receive from God and so I ask God, what do I have to say, you know, because God speaks to me every day and He has been speaking to me for the past. 2019, 2020, and I have not been sharing with people every day. So I don't know now what I would be like. What, what do I say? Should I say, share with them what you told me today, what you told me yesterday, what you told me last week, what you told me last month, what you told me in December, what, what should I share? It's a lot. <laughs> so, but may God help me to share it briefly what I can, whatever, what, whatever God can allow me to release. Uh, in the next uh, five minutes or so. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Allow me, by the grace of God, to talk a little bit, to just briefly about, um, on a subject which I would call the wise foolishness of God versus the foolish wisdom of the enemy of the world. The wise foolishness of God versus the foolish wisdom of the enemy. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but hopefully as I share the word of God, it will become clear. <laughs> Um, can you book? We have got a number of scripts I want to look at for you to, to understand this. Everything I have now these days is, all, is almost like a book. Um, uh, I could write books about this and that and that and that, you know. But so it's a lot. There will be a lot of scriptures, but I can't share all of them today. I'll see if I can share whatever I can share in the time I have. I need a quick reader. Can read very quickly? Let's start with Exodus chapter one. If you got Exodus chapter one, please. And Joseph died, and all his brethren, and all that generation, and the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly, and multiplied, and waxed exceeding mighty, and the land was filled with them. Now there arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph, and he said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply. And it come to pass that when there falleth out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us. And so get them up out of the land. So if you have time, those who can do scripture, you can read them. You can read the whole up, up to the end of the chapter. You see what happened there. Okay. If at the time I was going to read through all the way to the end. But let's stop at verse 10. I wanted to mark verse 9 and 10, but particularly verse 10, what this uh, king said. Okay. You notice the Bible says Joseph died. And we all know for those who read scriptures that we are talking of the time when the children of Israel were still in Egypt, right? Yes. And so Joseph died and all his brethren. It means all the 12 children of of Jacob died. When he says all his brethren, that's verse verse 6. 
it means you know those two children of Israel, of Jacob, who who formed the bedrock of the nation of Israel, they all died, and the whole generation of them, they all died. And the children of Israel now were fruitful, but they continued to increase in that land, and they multiplied, and they were exceedingly mighty, and the land was full of them. And now, when that happens, you know, in this case, according to Scripture, um, the Bible says, "Now, um, now there arose a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph." That's a very important new king over Egypt, the king of Pharaoh. These are the pharaohs of Egypt. In other words, they always represented the enemy in the context of Scripture. Now, I wanted to mark what he said. Um, he said unto his people, Behold, the people of these children of Israel are more and the mightier than we. So the people of, of the enemy, the enemy out there, they know who you are. Hallelujah. They know that when you are a child of God, they know that you are a child of God. So they they they, they talk about you, they discuss you, they say, Okay, this one is what like this. You know that at the end of the day, you are a Christian, but they are always talking about they are talking about you behind your back. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. And so the Bible says, he said unto his people, Behold, these people are like this, like you. So they'll be discovering, they'll be talking about you. Now, I want you to mark particularly verse 10. That's where my issue is. He says, Come on now, let us deal wisely with them. I want you to mark that. Come on, let us deal wisely with them. In the word, deal wisely. Let us deal wisely with them. That's the strategy of, of the enemy. Let us deal wisely with them. I say the, the scripture, the topic is the wise foolishness of God and the foolish wisdom of the enemy. Let us deal wisely with them. That's what the strategy was. So from that day, you find when you go through the rest of the scripture, part of the strategy was not to make, to make them work so hard. Part of the strategy was not to make sure that whenever they were giving birth, the, the children of Israel would have them, you know, they appointed, you uh, find it best. Within the, uh, he spoke to them, he promised wives, and asked them, you know, that whenever, uh, he particularly, he asked as two ladies, one of them, Shifra, and the other one was poor, and they asked them, you know, to, to make sure that when the children are, are being born, let them let them just crush them at the time of birth, and so that they will not increase anymore. But, you know, their wisdom, the young foolishness, if you read the, the rest of the story, because the midwives, the Bible says in verse 17, God gave, they feared God and did not as the king, uh, they didn't do what the king of Egypt commanded them to do, but they served them. But God gave them wisdom, you see, because when the king realized that this was happening, the children of Israel were still increasing, although he had given the instruction to the midwives to kill the babies at the time they are born, you see the wisdom that God gave them. They said in verse 19, uh, the Bible says, and the midwives said to Pharaoh, because the Hebrew come the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women, for they are lively, and they deliver before the midwives come in unto them. <laughs> so they said, I'm sorry, we can't save them. We, can't, we cannot kill these people, because the Hebrew women are very strong. They deliver before, they even, before even the midwife arrives. <laughs> that is, you see, the wisdom, the, the wisdom of the enemy was, let us deal wisely with them. Hallelujah. But their wisdom was so foolish because God exposed their foolishness in, <laughs> even through the midwives. May God bless them. Hallelujah. <laughs> so that's what you find in the whole story. But the basis of the message is what the, what the king of Pharaoh, king, what, what Pharaoh said uh, as a, their strategy. And I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, that is the strategy of the enemy to this day. 
To this day, this is the strategy of the devil concerning the children of God. He is always meeting with his, with his team of demons, and they have a discussion, and they have a, 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 a meeting. Uh, they have um, um, after at the, at, the end, at the end of the meeting, they come back and underline the same resolution. As you go out there now, what do we do with the Christian? What do we do with uh, what do we do with the children in in Nairobi? But, you know, we need to have a strategy. Says I want you to know the same strategy. Why? What can we do with anyone in the church of God? They are asking themselves. What can we do? What can we do with these guys? And the same answer they give each other is okay. We know the answer. We have our solution. Let us let say let us say it together. What do they say? Mm. Let us deal wisely with them. So I want you to know that as I share with you today, their wisdom is foolishness. Mm. When God gives a strategy, God will always give you a strategy to to overcome. Mm. Now, um, because of time, can you read another for the sake of understanding of the scriptures? Um, if you have time, can you read First Corinthians chapter one? We can read from verse eighteen to twenty-nine. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. Unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see, for ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen. Yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence. Let everybody say Now that 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 passage we just read is packed. That is is not just I would go through those packages and unravel them, those scriptures and unravel them for you verse by verse, and I would spend an hour just on that. But I don't have that time. But I want you to, as you can understand here, that uh, you know this is what we are talking about. Uh, and God gave me the, this this message. Say, I said, God, how am I going to unravel these children, children? So He gave me this title: the wise foolishness of God versus the foolish wisdom of the enemy. Is in verse twenty six. He says, he says verse twenty five. But the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the wickedness, well, the weakness of God is stronger than men. 
the foolishness of God. <laughs> and so I say in my title of the message is the wise foolishness of God versus the foolish wisdom of the enemy. <laughs> so you then say, so you see in verse 26, you're quoting brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. That's, he's not talking about you. Yeah. Not talking about you and me to say, you know, people may not may disrespect, they may disrespect anyone, but this is the way things are. Don't worry if they say anything to you because that's the way things are. Of God says, God has chosen this in quote foolish things of this world to confound the wise, yeah. and God has chosen the weak things of this world to confound the things which are mighty. So, those who consider themselves to be educated, those who consider themselves to be to have gone to training, they have got Bible school, they've got this and that and that and that. Yes, they boast of what they have, but we boast of who we have. Hallelujah. Um, yes. I will say that again. They boast of what they have, but we boast of who we have. Hallelujah. So, he's chosen foolish things of this world. Because to them, is the foolish things. For to them, it's, it's a foolish thing to see Phoebe standing and preaching agape. To them, it's a foolish thing to see Monica standing and talking about agape, the real agape. To them, because, but you now know that God has chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the so-called wise. They will be confused. Amen. He has chosen Amen. the Amen. things to confound the things that are mighty. And he has chosen the best things of this world and the things which are despised is God chosen here and the things which are not to bring to naught the things that are. Oh, I like that. That no question of glory in his presence. So this is who you are, children of God. You know from 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 Exodus chapter one that the enemy, the king, the enemy of the the kingdom of the enemy and their king, they have meetings all the time, and the resolution is always: what should we do with these people? Let us deal wisely with them. Yeah. They have a strategy. You see, they have a way. To them, is yeah. a wise way. Let us deal wisely with these people. But we know scripture because you know when you have time, you go through again. First Corinthians. Uh, chapter 1 as we have read it. But I want you to know that no matter what they can discuss, no matter what agreement they can agree to, but God has also made you wiser, even in the in their eyes, if they think you are foolish. But God has given you your, your in your foolishness, you just given you wisdom. Mm -hmm. They even called God the foolishness of God. <laughs> so if they could call God foolish, what about you? <laughs> So verse 25 now says, the foolishness of God is wiser than man. And the weakness of God is stronger than man. So now this is their strategy that they have. They said, let us deal wisely with these children of God. How can we, how can we stop them from multiplying? We don't want this agape to grow in Nairobi. We don't want this agape to grow and spread throughout Kenya. What do we do to stop this young man called Fred? Let us deal wisely with them. We don't want this agape to grow in England. We don't want this agape to grow in Scotland. We don't want this agape to grow in Northern Ireland. We don't want this agape to go all over Africa. We don't want this. This we know that this this man who was called by God has got a unique mandate. He has got a unique vision. But what should we do to stop it from growing all over the world? What should we do to stop it? Let us deal wisely with them. Let us, let us come and stop them. So even what has happened so far, it's part of that same strategy. Let us deal wisely with them. Where we are now is a result of that decision that the enemy met in his boardroom. He met with his board members. Hallelujah. The enemy met with his board members of the of the, of the morning bosses. And then they came up with a resolution in their board meeting. And they said, what should he do? Let us deal wisely with Adam. Because they are so frightened of this vision. The enemy knows the power of the vision. The enemy knows. 
The enemy knows that is a vision which is supposed to save the world. For the world needs agape. There is too much hatred out there. There is too much enemy out there. There is too much fight even among the churches out there. The world yeah. agape. Even the leaders of the different churches, they don't talk to each other. They are fighting, which means they don't have agape in their hearts. Think of any, any servant of any country and see how many churches there are in that country. So many churches you can find that even there's a church next to those other. But at my bottom dollar, when you see those churches, you find that the men of God, the servants of God in those churches don't talk to each other. They don't like each other. They are busy preaching against each other. They are busy telling each other not to go to the other UN's church. What is going on? The enemy has a strategy. Let us deal wisely with them. Hallelujah, somebody. And I want to thank God that God is a good God. In Agape, we don't like wisdom. The Bible says, my people perish because of infinition. You have a, you have a father who brings you knowledge and understanding. Second okay. Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, very quickly. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, and a door was opened unto me of the Lord, I had no rest in my spirit because I found not Titus my brother. But taking my leave of them, I went from thence into Macedonia. Now thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ, and maketh manifest the server of his knowledge by us in every place. Now, let's go to 11. I'm particularly interested in verse 11. Verse 11. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Very good. I wanted to mark in your Bible that part which says, for we are not ignorant of his devices. I wanted to mark that. Because now, the enemy's devices are the foolish wisdom of the enemy. I want you to be able to say from today that I am not ignorant because the enemy wants to operate with you and deal with you and behave with you and play around with you as if you are ignorant. Somebody say, I'm not ignorant. Paul, the men of God, were saying, We are not ignorant of his devices. And he uses the word devices. A device is, a, is, a, is some kind of trap, you know, an, an, an instrument that is used to capture. If you imagine in Africa, for example, I remember we used to, as young people, uh, maybe you guys, you know, you, you are so modern that you don't know some of these things. But um, in the old, we used to go into the, in the field and we set set for the mice. And we used to call it Kutayama River. Have what they call Chikrimban or something like yeah. that. It's a device that in Africa sometimes they would find they would find a big rock, a big stone, which they would put and they would put a little stick, a little stick behind it. They would put a stone so that they, when the mouse comes and they would put um, 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 a little nut and put um, a peanut butter around the nut to attract the, 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 the mice. But at the night, the night the mice will come and they will eat the butter and then as they eat the butter, the stone falls on them. Trapped. It would go the next morning. Would go the next morning because I know where I put my marivas. I knew where I put my stones. So I'm going just I, I find it falling down, then I know that there's a mouse in there. 
Ya, itu tu cerita bodoh itu. Bad. And so imagine, imagine that situation. That's exactly what the enemy does for you every day. You think when you get out of your house, he has got a little trap. Ane jing jingura chaga mutera chaga mutera somewhere. Every time you leave your house, all of you. Every time you leave your house, my son in Nairobi there, and the children, and my daughter Angela, and my son there. When you are there, every time you leave your house, he's trying to set a jingura. He's trying to set something. Let us deal wisely with them today. But I want you to say, like Paul said. We are not ignorant of his devices. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's the same strategy since day one. The enemy has come up with the same strategy. Let us deal wisely with them. For those who know scriptures, he used the same idea. He met with his cabinet even as far as the time of creation. While he saw God making uh, uh, things. And then from, from as, as early, you know, God was busy on his own. Chapter one, chapter two. But hey, within chapter three, Agatha Satan has arrived. That's only two two chapters. God was alone, but Satan was there watching. And by chapter three, you see, he's already there. He's talking to the woman. He threw the serpent, and he said, "Did God really say this? Did God really say that? What does he do? Look what he said there to Eve. Yeah. Everything seemed to make sense." And I'll come back to that in a minute. It seemed to make sense. He then approaches Eve in the garden. What was his strategy? Let us deal wisely with her. So the same strategy from day one, from Genesis to Revelation, the strategy, the words, the words that were used by Pharaoh here are the words that 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 the enemy uses all the time. And I want you to know this: that you are not ignorant. Hallelujah! Somebody say, "I'm not ignorant." When you look at scriptures, when you look at the Bible, when you look at yourself as a child of God, as a Christian, all the struggles you have, all the things that come into your mind, all the things that come in your head, all the little arguments you have, sometimes with yourself, you want to be honest, sometimes you have a little argument, you have some little discussion that you make with yourself, you have some little arguments that you have with yourself, and you think you are having arguments with yourself. Is the enemy saying, let us deal wisely with you? To be honest, my children, you tell me that yes, you are all agape, you are one people right now. But in your in your moment, there are times you have some stray thoughts. There are some little thoughts on When the enemy is saying, "Let us deal wisely with this one," but say, "I'm not ignorant of his devices." <laughs> Hallelujah. Everyone, all the characters you can think of in the scripture is the same approach. The word of God is foolishness to them. Anything you want to do, the things of God. For example, you know, we okay, and let's talk about another story. Um, in the area of giving and tithes, which is one area where the enemy crushed a lot of children a lot. There's a story that we all know. Um, in the first book of First Kings, chapter seventeen, verse seven to sixteen, don't have to go and read it now. You can read it later, but because I think it's the story that is well known. I can read it later. I'm just picking a few examples on this subject of the wise foolishness of God versus the foolish wisdom of the enemy. Okay, in that story, you know, it's the story of the widow of Zarephath. Let's look at the wise foolishness of God there. Because the Bible also says the things of God are what are foolishness to the world. Is that, am I right? Yeah. Now look at what happened. I will not, will not read the, the story because you already know it. I'll just summarize the story for the sake of understanding. There, there was a drought, people were dying left, right, and center. And then the man of God is feeling hungry. He goes to a woman who is a widow, and the widow has got one child. Which why is the widow a widow? Because the husband died during the hunger, during the drought. 
and now it's only him her, and the child who are remaining and the child must have been so thin 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 like some of those pictures we used to see being shown by united nations if you know if some of you are watching people children of ethiopia and all that stuff being shown so hungry you could see the whole the whole skeleton when the person is walking you could see the person can't even breathe the person can't even cry because the person is hungry is about to die those image imagine 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 the child was like that and then the spirit of God arrives. And you can imagine the woman was also so frail. She was also so weak. She could not even talk properly. She was, you could see her, you could see her, her the, the skeleton through her skin. For her to say, we'll just eat this and die, it means they were just at the point of dying for sure. And now look at the wisdom of God or the foolishness of God, if you want. God, God through the man of God, he says, give me what you have, that which you last you have. Give to me. Feed me. I'm also about to die of hunger. But I'm the servant of God. I cannot die of hunger. You feed me first. <laughs> that you have, give it to me. Can you imagine? Can you imagine, guys? What kind of man in his proper sense? What let me put it this way? What kind of man of God would you would, would you look at his reason <laughs> and say, ah, you guys, you guys feed me first? In this modern world, someone would have written a blog about you, you'd have been on the papers, you'd have been on Facebook, you'd have been on Facebook, you'd have been, you know, it, it would have been a story on Facebook, it would have been breaking news the next day, you say, to say, see what this so-called man of God did. Uh, what he said to this to this to this widow, a poor widow with a child who's about to die, and the woman of the soul, the man of God says to the widow, Can I give me food, give me to eat first? But look at the, the wise foolishness of God. Because God had already purposed it. It was God's plan for this woman to, to survive. Not only would the man of God survive, but it was God's plan for the woman to survive for the rest of her life. You know the rest of the story. That when she obeyed eventually, she obeyed the Bible says obedience is better than she obeyed the man of God, she obeyed the man of God, and she put the flour, she cooked the cake, she prepared it, she baked the cake, and the only little she had, she gave it to the man of God. Can you imagine the child was watching the man of God eating? Yeah, 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 yeah. The man of God eats and he finishes the He finished the whole plate, he finished the whole cake, he finished everything. What kind of man of God is this? You see the wise foolishness of God. Mm-hmm. And as soon as the, the man of God finished, it's called, it's, it's, it's what I call finished to start. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Yeah, <laughs> the man of God finished the meal and they started, and then in the process, the blessing of the of the woman started. Mm-hmm. And from there, the Bible says, she ate and she ate and she ate and she ate for the rest of her life. She, she, was the, she became the wealthiest widow in the land. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, that, ladies and gentlemen, is the wise foolishness of God. The man of God goes in Philippians chapter 4. That's Paul now, not just not, if you say this Old Testament, let me pick one New Testament story. You know the story of Paul uh, in, in the book of Philippians, one of the books he wrote when he was in prison. <laughs> Some of you did know that. That a man of God would write epistles when he was in prison. Mm-hmm. What a place, what a place to write an epistle to encourage someone, to encourage some people when you are in prison. <laughs> Okay. If you have time for the sake of time, go to Philippians chapter 4, verse 1, very quickly, please. Philippians chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, my, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. 
Now listen to the word of God. He says, my brethren, carry the lamp and long before. He's longing for them because he's jailed. And my joy and crown. How can you talk of joy and crown? You already But look at the man of God is saying, So stand in the Lord, even my dearly beloved. He is writing to your people. I wish I, I could explain to you what the church of Philippi was doing to this man of God. The Philippian church was the beloved church of God. And he like this church at Philippi because it was the church that was always supporting him more than any other church. Right. So he then says, for example, of time, let's look at what he says in verse 10 from verse 10 to 19 quickly. From verse 10 to 19. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I want in respect of, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Notwithstanding, you have well. You get to that point. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You, up to that point, the man of God, imagine what he says in chapter 1, in verse 1, the beloved of the church. And he's saying, he's, he's, he says, not that, that, not that I speak of in respect of what, not that I want anything from you, but I know now, I have learned that I, I, I know how to have things and I know how to not have things. I know mm -hmm. how to be here, I know how to live in Bosnia, and I know how to live in a little yeah. cave. <laughs> I've experienced all that. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. I can do all through Christ who said who, who would strengthen you. But it then goes on to say what verse 14 to 19 quickly. Verse 14. Notwithstanding, you have well done that you did communicate with my affliction. Now, ye Philippians, know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving. But you only. Yeah. I want every one of you who is listening to me right now, I want you to mark that as my message directly to each of you as an individual. I want you to mark that and receive that as a message from your father, where I'm saying no other church communicated with me concerning this. In other words, no one else supported me and looked after me at this particular time except you. He says, but you only. You can imagine so many churches that men of God had founded. It was Corinthians and Ephesians. All these things you talk of in the epistles. Imagine all of them supporting the men of God. You know why? Because it was yet in prison. So they said you cannot. They didn't, they didn't say much except that they just stopped supporting. Okay. Because things had gone nasty. Because the situation of the servant of God had gone south. Things were going bad. He was in trouble with the authorities. Everybody became religious. They started, they just, the churches were there, but they just said, oh, we have nothing to do with him. They stopped supporting him. But only, he says, only you, Philippian, continue to support me. And this is my message. I feel like I'm almost in tears right now. This is my message. I think you have continued to support me. And my God shall bless you as, as he goes on to say. Let me, I wanted to hear this as a personal prayer. That I'm making my point to you. Can you continue, my dear? Verse 16. For even in Thessalonica, you sent once 
and again unto my necessity. Mm. When he was in another satellite, when he was in another church, that church did not support him, but it was the church at Philippi which was supporting the men of God. Can you imagine? I'm here today where I am with you that is supporting me. I'll go to South Africa tomorrow, I can go to Nairobi tomorrow, I can go to Malawi, I can go to wherever. If I may be there, but I'm being supported by Philip. That's 17. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Now listen to that. Not that I desire a gift. It's not that I want you to help me. I do not want to do anything. Because servants of God are servants of God. If you really want to decide to be there, I say I'm not going to support you today. If God will raise a rabbit to support mm. me, yes. rabbit. God will raise somebody else. He yes. does that. Yes. Philippi, no matter what happened to the men of God, they never stopped supporting me. They continue to stand with him, whether he was good, whether things were there, whether he, when he was in prison, he remained there. Amen. These are the people Amen. who are the scriptures. So he said, when you give me that I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. That indeed the God of Israel will bless you. We are now talking about your account. It's not my Amen. account, it's your account. When you bless the same when you bless your father in respect of second food, he pray for you so that you get food, fruit that bear, that fruit that it will abound, not in my account, but in your account. Amen. That from today, as you stand with me, open genuinely, as you support with me, you know, you uh, defeat the devil when those little times he comes to attack you with thoughts, trying to deal wisely with you, trying to tell you this and that and that. You know what I'm saying? There are times we have also tried to you, but he will be trying to deal wisely with you. But from today, mm. I know you now. You are trying to deal wisely with me. But I have all and abound. I am full. Having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. Listen to that. They even, no matter where he was, they would send one of them to go to the man of God to go and give him things. Not even when he was on he was not in Philippi in the satellite. He was not in that land. He was not in that nation. But wherever he was, they would send someone. They would put money to the wire. They would wire money to his account to make sure that he's taken care of. Mm -hmm. He said what it, what it was a sweet-smelling savor. Acceptable. It was an acceptable sacrifice. Well, pleasing to who? Yeah. They were doing to the men of God. was well pleasing to God. The God was let me finish verse 19. But mm. my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. Yeah. That the servant of God can boast of his God. Mm. He is now investigating or saying, your thing is well pleasing to God. Mm. But now, to confirm to you that this servant of God is from God, he then says, my God shall supply. Amen. So that you know that the servant of God is moved with this God. What you do to the servant of God, you are doing it to him. Yeah. What you're doing it to God, you are doing it to the servant of God. And your his God now shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. <laughs> what happened next is when they led in the case of the woman and led with the When you support the man of God, what happens is God moves you from the supply side 
in the desert, in, in the desert. Mm. Or you you have time better on page Matthew chapter four. You you'll be surprised what happened there. Um, I wish I could go there with you, but uh, again, time is a bit of a limitation here. But when you read Matthew chapter four, you find what happened when Jesus was tempted by the enemy, mm. and it happened soon after he was baptized. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah! Amen. And the Bible says the tempter came to him, and he said to him. If you were a son of God, that's investing. Command that this don't be made bread. Mm-hmm. You see the way people say it. If it's a, a way of tempting, he knows he's the son of God. But he says, if you are a son of God, he, I know he's hungry. He has been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. And he knows he's hungry. Then he says, can you turn this stone into bread? Into what? Into bread. And but Jesus answered him and says, what? Well, it is written. Men shall not live by bread alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then the Bible says, "This five, he came again and took him onto the holy, uh, on the, into the holy city. Imagine mm-hmm. he's taking Jerusalem. <laughs> and he set him on the pinnacle of the temple. He's tempting him from the pinnacle of the temple." Verse five, chapter four. And then he said to him, "If you are the Son of God, cast yourself down, for it is written, even said it is written that the angels shall come uh, and have charge over you, and, and that their hands shall be with thee, lest any any stone shall that is is quoting actually Psalm ninety one. But oh. again, it says what it is written. Then yes. mm. the devil again took him to the top, another top of them. I actually went there. Is this one is now in Jericho? He, he moved with him from Jerusalem, Jericho, where the top big mountain is, and he said. Mm. And he says, if you just throw yourself, and he says, yeah, he, that's very, very strange. Yeah, 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 yeah. He took him up there, and they say to him, uh, uh, all these things are mine. I will give you if you fall down and worship me. <laughs> then Jesus saw that my giant, this is too much now. It's now far too much. You know, you can't talk about worshiping. This is too much. And then you see when he says that, get me, hence, that's when he came, get behind me, Satan. It is written. <laughs> It's only when he then said that again, the Bible says in verse 11, the devil left him, and as soon as the devil left him, angels came to minister to Jesus. Yeah. You see, my friend, oh. see my friends. I call you my friend because you're my friend. Jesus even called his disciples his friend. What the enemy was saying here, it seemed to make sense. Hear me. Every time the enemy comes to you using this approach, let us deal wisely with them. Mm-hmm. Whatever the enemy will say to you will seem to make sense. Everything that the enemy said to, 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 to Jesus in Matthew chapter 4 makes sense. Everything that the enemy, that the widows that have said to the men of God, uh, Elijah, makes sense. Every time the enemy comes to speak to you about any matter to do with the things of God, it sounds like it makes sense. When your relatives are talking to you about your account, about giving, about tithing and all that, whatever they say to you sounds to make sense. Mm-hmm. Seems to make sense. But I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, that sense is not the uh, is not our measure. We don't that's not our standard. That's the enemy's standard. Mm. Saying things that make sense is the enemy's tool of silent mass destruction. Ooh. That's the enemy's tool of silent mass destruction of the children of God. Our, measure, <laughs> our standard measure is not sense but scripture. Yes. Ooh. I'll say that again. 
Our standard measure is not sense, but scripture. Mm -hmm. When somebody says to you things that, you know, I'm saying the enemy can speak to you even when you're on your own. When you know when he's talking to you, you're just in your car, you're just driving from where, you're just in the kitchen. You're just on your own. This is usually the, the time the enemy speaks to yeah. you. And then when that happens, ask yourself, okay, this makes sense, but is this, is this scripture? Mm -hmm. So I'm saying to you, my beloved student, our standard measure is not sense, but scripture. Amen. I'm going to say it again the third time. Our standard measure is not sense, but scripture. The question you ask yourself is, 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 is not the, is, you don't say, does it make sense? Because that doesn't make sense to me. But the question I ask myself is, is this biblical? Is it scriptural? Are you hearing my love? That's the wisdom of God. Check out how we answered. Jesus answered exactly the same way. He's, he was saying to him, okay, what you are saying makes sense, but it's not scriptural. Because he would answer by saying, it is written. Whenever the enemy attacks you, say, okay, it is written. Mm -hmm. That makes sense what you are saying, devil, but it is written. Mm -hmm. You are saying, in other words, you are saying to the devil, what you are saying is what I call censor rubbish. Mm. That's censor rubbish. The enemy will use that statement. Let us deal wisely with that. I want you to know, I hope you are getting this. This is a critical teaching today. Let us deal wisely with them. That statement from Pharaoh is a statement that the enemy uses every day to, um, to mess up his children. Mm -hmm. And what they say, whether it's a brother who calls you, calls you, or a mother, or a sister, or an aunt who calls you about the things of God, about and they say this and that everything that they say seems to make sense but that's not our standard measure is it biblical you the children of god the ones who are hearing me right now you are standing today because you live you refused to listen to the world because the world is a world standard but the children of god the standard of the scriptures it is the word of god that made you to stand May God help you and bless you as you stand with me in the only church of Philippi, the church of Philippi, the, uh, the church that stood with me and the only church. You see, I was going to talk to you another day if I had the time, but you know the story of the ark, you know, the, I, uh, do you know that there was a lockdown in the ark? Yeah. We are like in the same situation right now, maybe that's another message for another day, if God allows me to share with you on that. But God was talking to me about the ark that you are in the lockdown, but this is true. When God said to Moses, Noah, I want to start a new thing. When God wants to do a new thing, he takes the servant of God and a few people and they put them in a lockdown in the ark. Right. So the ark was not just an ordinary ark, it was a lockdown ark. The Bible says for 40 days and four days, it rained out there. Out when it rained, everything else out there died. There was a flood. There was the coronavirus which came, and only the people who were with Noah. <laughs> if you read the story in chapter 6 of Genesis, you can read that later on, from verse 1 all the way up to chapter 9, verse 19. That's where the story of the, of the ark is. But you then find in chapter 8, verse 14, verse 8, verse 6, verse 10, 12, you find that the lockdown was being extended. It says, after 40 days, Noah sent out a raven to check. And the Bible says the raven did not, did not come back. That's another story. Why? What happened? What kind of raven was that? Where did it go? After another seven days, in other words, so when the raven didn't come back, he extended the lockdown by seven days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So after another seven days, 
the lockdown was extended. Then they sent out an app, which, which came back because it could not land anywhere. So what did he do? He decided to stay and realize things were still bad. The coronavirus was still terrible out there. He extended before another seven days. Mm. Yeah. Lockdown is extended. Then he sent out mm. again. And this time the Bible said he came back with, a, with an olive leaf. And then and it, it, it never came back. Then it went away. That's another story. And so only mm. after, near, after, after nearly two months, of lockdown, the ark <laughs> out of the ark, and they were dry ground again. Now, watch when you read the Bible, my beloved children. Now, watch the story of the ark ends in chapter 9, verse 19. Check what happens between 2021 and 22. The men of God, I've taught you before that the power, the centrality of, of, of offering in worship, as soon as he finished, he took. And one of each of the animals that he had, mm. and I didn't say, now I'm blessed. I've got all these animals to myself. Mm. I'm such a blessed. But straight away, he took them. He gave them a huge offering. Think about it. Let's look at it on. And consider the, uh, the, the gravity, the, the, the size of the offering that he made. Yeah. One of each creature. One of each. Imagine, including birds, including cows. You can imagine. And the Bible says there was such a sweet smelling. Okay. And what happened? And when, when God saw that, He then came and blessed yes. Noah to become the new Adam, the new Adam, the new Abraham. God would not have released the blessing until He made an offering. And He made a very fresh offering. That's another story for another day. Read it later on when you find the story. Our God is a good God. That's the wisdom of God. Somebody say, Hallelujah. Yeah. Foolishness to the world. The things of God are foolishness to the world. What you do for God, you go, they will say, how can you make such an offering? How can you do just fruits, all that stuff, all that rubbish? It's a scripture. Ask them. It ah. makes sense to me as well. But it's not biblical what you are saying. It is written. Mm-hmm. Learn from Jesus. I said to you before, you listen to the way he responded. It is written. He, he may not necessarily be quoting the verse, say it is actually written in Matthew chapter 18, verse 3. It is written in Leviticus chapter 5, verse 3. Mm-hmm. If you say that, he just said it is written. So when you are reading the scriptures, don't let the enemy tell you that what you are reading, you don't understand, you don't even know it. As long as you are reading the word of God, it is the word of God. One day you will remember mm-hmm. when you come across a situation. One day you remember, you may not know that in Genesis or, or Chronicles or Facebook. But you say like Jesus, it is written. Hallelujah, 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 somebody. The wisdom of God is the foolishness in the world. I could give you all kinds of stories. Our God is a good God. You know, the same devil says, let us deal wisely with them. If we have time, we can read the Exodus chapter 32, verse 1 to 26. It's the story of the man of God. He had gone to the, to the hills, to the mountain, that's Moses, to talk to his God. And he comes back. The enemy now is saying, now what do we do with these people? He speaks through the children of Israel and they, they convince Aaron to make a golden cup. Yes. yes. What has happened when the man of God was up in the mountain? He was saying, let us deal wisely with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And by the time the man of God comes, he comes there, he made a golden calf. Mm-hmm. I want you to know that there are people out there, as soon as the man of God is not there, when the man of God goes somewhere for whatever mm-hmm. reason, they, they get on their own, they start to make their own golden calf. Mm-hmm. Those people who make a golden calf when the servant of God is not in the house. Mm-hmm. That's another story. Those who have ears, let them hear. Amen. Watch out for Aaron, because Aaron will come up and say, I'm related to Moses, I'm his brother. So I will come, you can, I will let you do this, let's do this, let's do this, and they make a God can come. Mm-hmm. The foolishness of God, the wise foolishness of God, versus the foolish wisdom of the enemy. 
But those who have scriptures, when you have time, I'm just rushing through because of time. When you have time, read another story. Uh, this is just coming to my spirit now. Um, Second Samuel chapter 18, if you can read it later on, verses 1 to 18. If you read that, if you can go there just briefly. Second Samuel chapter 18. Um, oh, God is a good God. This is story for, for the sake of those who may not, sometimes I know the Bible is full of stories. So even though you may read the Bible, maybe just read Matthew, John, Luke, and some of these stories are not quite clear to you. But what you find in Second Samuel chapter 8 is in the biblical story where after the, the man of God, David, was the king, he was the king at the time, and as king, he went through these stories of Bathsheba and all that stuff. And what happened mm-hmm. after that happened, the stories, is uh, is one of his sons called Absalom. He took he started took matters to take matters in his own hand, and he says, "God is not doing something about this man. He has made a mistake. He has messed up. He has sinned. So I'm going to fix him. I'm going to rebel, and I'm going to take over his seat. I'm I'm going to become the king." So. What out for the spirit of Absalom there? Because people who say, no, he say that this what it is, check from chapter 17, chapter 14, 16, you hear the story, what happened And he, he began to have some people who were trying to influence him, telling him to do this and this and that. And then he listened to their advice, and he said, I'm going to take over now. God has not dealt with my father. You know, this is Absalom, Absalom, the son of them. He decided to take matters in his own hands and to punish his father for his sins. And so the best way of him punishing him was to make sure that he kicked him out of office and let him take over the office. He becomes the king himself. Mm-hmm. And you know what happened in the story? You find in chapter 17 and 18 and so on, the man of God, very much the man of God running out from his own son. That's what he decided to do. So he runs away and then he he, 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 he takes the whole of children of Israel and he makes the army to go and fight his father, who is right now, he's now in the caves. The father is in the cave, but he goes there to fight him. That's when there's a battle, because this man has sent his people to go and kill him. And you, you then read the story later on. But for the sake of time, now I don't say, just say, while they're out there in battle, they've pursued the man of God, they've pursued the, the God, the, the, the seven who God said, this is the man after my own heart. Mm-hmm. You, you don't have, that's not he knew that, but he decided to, to deal with the things himself. He said, my father has sinned, my father has done so many wrong things. I want to deal with him, I want to fix him, I want to deal with him, I want to do it myself. Oh. I come the king. Mm. And the people of Israel to tell them how how terrible David was, how terrible his father was. He did a lot of politicking, politicking until he sat on the throne. The spirit of Absalom. I pray, I thank God that none of you has got the spirit. But what was going to happen to those who have the spirit of Absalom? Hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. Now, when they had gathered the army, when they were there fighting against the men of God, David. Now just read the verse eight to verse six to eight. When you have time, I'm giving you chapter 18, 7 Samuel, verse one to eighteen. Read the whole story. But now because of time, let's just read verse six to eight. Now the the scenario is that they are now in battle. They are fighting. They are fighting with the, the men of the, the the men who were with David, who decided to stand with David in spite of this situation. The men who knew that David was the man of God, no matter what. The men who stood with him, they were being fought by. Absalom and his men. Okay. They went to fight in the in the area of the field of Ephraim. 
Okay, read from verse 6 to 8. See what happened. So the people went out into the field against Israel, and the battle was in the wood of Ephraim, where the people of Israel were slain before the servants of David. Uh-huh. And there was there a great slaughter that day of 20,000 men. But he says the king, um, 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 the people went out in the field against Israel. Listen to this and the battle was in the wood of Ephraim, where the people of Israel were slain. Now we are talking of the people of Israel. Who are these ones? These are the people who decided to aside with Absalom. They were slain out there in the wood. Verse 7 says, where the people of Israel were slain, that's verse 7, before the servants of David. You see, the people of Israel were slain before the what? The servants of David. Mm-hmm. And there was there great slaughter that day. Of 20,000 men. Now I want you to mark verse 8. What, what happened in verse 8? For the battle was there scattered over the face of all the country, and the wood devoured more people that day than the sword devoured. Can you hear that? Gee, what happened there? God fights for his own people, God might for his servant. The men of God. God is saying to Absalom, what, who are you to, 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 to try and come and, and be a judge over myself? Who are you to come and decide to do this? Now, what happened? The people that he went with, the Bible says, the, the, the ground, in verse 8, the wood devoured the people. The wood devoured the people more than the sword. They were devoured by the wood. This is what happens to people who follow Absalom. The time will come when God will intervene on behalf of his servant. He wants to deal with his servant himself. He doesn't want people to intervene. He want Absalom to intervene, but Absalom took matters in his own hands. He took an army of people, and even the trees, imagine the trees were killing, were eating people. Now, let's see what happened to Absalom himself. Read verse, the next verse. And Absalom met the servants of David, and Absalom rode upon a mule, and the mule went under the thick buffs of a great oak, and his head caught hold of the oak, and he was taken up between the heaven and the earth, and the mule that was under him went away. Now, can you imagine that picture? For a start... Remember, when I talked about the ark, I just talked about the ark a few minutes ago. I said, one of the messages, I said, there were no mules in the ark. Now the Bible says, here is the man of God who is now, the man who is now calling himself king. He was now the, he had declared himself king over his father. He, he was on a mission to kill his father. And then he rides on a mule, not a donkey, not a horse. There is a very, it's a very important issue there. Why did he choose? Why did things happen for him to be on a mule? Because he was in a battle. And the people who go to battle don't go on mules. They go on horses. Yes. I want to think scripturally why. This is what happened to Absalom. God will make him ride on a mule. They move around. They have a little progress while they are on a mule. A mule is a hunger. It's not the real reason. It's not the real thing. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a mixture of things. Yeah. It's a mixture of things. The Absalom spirit, those who are with the Absalom spirit, they will ride on your mule. 
it's neither the vision nor the it's neither here nor there. It's adulterated. It's um, it's, it's they want the, the, because the moon is a is a combination of different animals. It's not a real animal. It was not in the earth. But he rides on your mule, and what happens? The mule, for some reason, if you look at the picture, what happened there? The mule went through the woods, and they, for some reason, it, it just happened that the woods picked, picked Absalom, and he was hanging in the air. The man who had just declared him king, himself king, is hanging in the air. And the mule went away. Even the mule said, I cannot deal with this man. And he left him, and the Bible said, in verse 10, and a certain man saw it, and told Joab, and behold, uh, he said, I saw Absalom hanging on and off. And the Bible says, you read later on the whole story up to verse 18, you find that eventually Joab came, and with these men, they are the ones who then finished the more. While we are still hanging, that's how, that's the fact of the one, a son who rises up and rebels against his own father. Number one, that's the fact of a son who decides to take matters in his own hand and says, My father has sinned, let me deal with him. The wise foolishness of God versus the foolish wisdom of the enemy. Mm. Absalom thought he was wise, wise with the people who were advising him. They said, let's do this. But God made sure that you put Absalom on a mule. It's a vehicle they are using. They are going where, but they are going. But they don't even realize that the, the person who is leading them is on a mule. It's, mm. it's, it's a wound of vision. It's neither a beast. It's neither this nor that. It's not the original. It's a mixture, something else. And God let him move and move around for a bit until even the mule could not carry him anymore. Watch, and I pray, my God, my children, none of them will ever have the absolute spirit. Watch, ladies and gentlemen, for those who receive and those who have the spirit. The wise foolishness of God versus the foolishness of the enemy. Absalom thought he was being wise, thought he was being clever, thought he was helping God. He was he saying, you know what, the, the, this father of mine has done such a terrible thing. This and that, and that. These are all sins. He must have been called coaching scriptures. He was doing Bible bashing for his own part. Mm. So at that time, he was saying to himself, this scripture, he says, that's not my anointed one. It's rubbish. I don't want to hear that scripture. I'm not going to apply that scripture anymore. That's what he was saying. Mm. That's what people were saying. Don't worry about that one. In this story, in this, in this five, which we didn't read, even the man of God, I, this man tells something else. When they went into battle, they, he even said to the people, "Please don't do, don't harm, don't harm Absalom." Although he is the devil against me, he has come to kill me. He was wanted, he wants to kill him now. But please look at the agape love that was in the battle. And the king commanded Joab and Abishai and Aitai, saying, Deal gently for my sake with the young men, even with Absalom. And all the people heard when the king gave all the captains charge concerning Absalom. They are gathered in the battle. Okay. He knew that Absalom was coming to kill him. He knew that Absalom had chased him out of the throne and he ran away. So Ngatiza are now in the cave. Why would I do you want to come and kill me here? Okay. I've run away. You are now sitting on the throne. You are now the king. You have uh, de 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 declared yourself the new king. Those who have ears, let me hear what Ooh, you think. Yeah. Now I've left the throne. I've left the throne. I've left. I've run away. I'm in a cave with a few people who are supporting me. You follow me, want to kill me here? But okay, even if you are following me, you want to kill me. The people that are coming to do battle with you, I will tell them they should not touch you. 
Let them not kill you. But his own mistake, he decided to ride on a mule. The enemy is in his wisdom. He thought he was wisdom to, the, to this uh, this young man. He makes him to ride on a mule, an, an animal which was never made by God. He uh, rides on a rebranch, on a, on a rebranch nation, something. That's what he was writing on. That's the mistake he made. And the mule, even the thing that was staring, the thing would not accept him. Was like, I, I, even you, I don't think I can, you can, I, you can I can keep you on me. I think you are something else. So he dropped him and left him hanging. Oh. That's what happens to those who follow the foolishness, the wisdom of the world. The message today, ladies and gentlemen, is the wise foolishness of God versus the foolishness, the foolish wisdom of God, of the enemy. This is, we're coming back to Exodus chapter 1. Where in verse 10, verse 9, the king who represents the enemy said, let us deal wisely with them. This is, ladies and gentlemen, the strategy of the enemy. If they have been forewarned and forearmed, you are taught to deal with the enemy when he comes to talk to you when you are in your kitchen, when he comes to talk to you when you are in your situation, when he comes to talk to you when you are on your own, when you are on your phone, when nobody else is watching with you, talking to you on the phone, you are there, you are there talking to whoever, and you are discussing things that contradict scripture. You are discussing things when the person is trying to tell you things that seem to make sense. He's saying, let us deal wisely with them. He will say you can't pay your tithe because your bills are too much. Mm -hmm. But the scripture, tithe does not say you only pay your tithe when the bills are not much. According to you, it makes sense. That is it, scripture. From today, you have learned that whenever the enemy tries to speak to you, you say things, you say things and do things that seem to make sense, that conform to the world. But you are not of this world. <laughs> I want to pray for you now as we finish the service. I could go on and on and on. There are so many examples you can think of others. Because the truth of God is in you. But I have shared with you in the epistle about Second Chronicles chapter 4. I don't have the time to read that. We have that in the epistle. When check Second Chronicles chapter 4 from verse 1 to 32. But within verse 30 and 32, I shared with you about the wisdom that was ours, that God gave to the son, the sons of Issachar. As I finish the, 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 the sharing for today, I want you to remember this is the story. I want you to receive the wisdom that you have as the children of God. Amen. I want God, my God to bless you and give money, things that credit to your account. Amen. And I want my God to move you from the credit side, from the debit side to the credit side. Amen. I want my God to move you from being a consumer to become a supplier. Amen. I want my God to give you the kind of wisdom that, that he gave to the sons of Isaac. I want you to receive the sons of Isaac anointing. This is the word of God. As you are my beloved children, I pray that God will give you more understanding and that none of you, and I know you don't have, but none of you will ever, ever allow the spirit of Absalom to come even anywhere close to Absalom, in his own time, in his own way, trust me, God will deal with them. But I want to thank God for you, my beloved children. As you go and read the epistle of Second Chronicles 12, verses 1 to 32, but particularly verses 30 to 32. I'm going to bless you now, and I want to pray that whenever the enemy says, let us deal wisely with them, you will know that this is the strategy of the enemy. You will know that's how he uses You know that's how he fights. You know that's what he does. That's his strategy. That's what he does all the time. And I want you to begin to receive from your spirit right now. As I conclude the service today, as I conclude the message today, the foolish, the things of God are foolishness to the world. 
that you are the children of God, you are blessed. The people of God, you are blessed. You are my beloved ones. You are blessed. You are my church at the Philippines. I want you to receive the blessing I'm releasing on you today as you receive the anointing of the sons of Isaac and the wisdom and the knowledge of knowing what to do because they were on the side of God. As I say, that is true. It is a difference between God being on your side and you being on your side. There are times when God can come on your side just for a, for a moment. But the people who are blessed don't have God coming to their side. The people who are blessed are always on the side of God. Oh, and as, as you stand here now, uh, whether you're standing or you're sitting or kneeling, I'm going to release a blessing upon you according to scripture. Yeah. But I pray that the Holy Ghost will give you further understanding of the things that I've shared with you today. And will give you further understanding when you read the scriptures later on your own, the some of the scriptures I've shared with you. You'll give you further understanding and more revelation. Yeah. But I want to thank God that if it is is a blessing to you today or on you today, you are the wise ones. Because I says, get wisdom, get understanding. And with all that getting, get wisdom, get understanding. I've taught you on that, but you need to understand that the wisdom of God is in the world. And when you know people talk to you, when they say this, whatever they say, you know, oh, okay, this is what they are saying makes sense. But I remember the teaching of the son. The second of February, teaching the second to two, confirming the double double. And now the third of the same God bringing that will change your aspect, that will change the way things you look at things, that will change the way you deal with things, that will give you wisdom in dealing with the enemy. Whenever he tries to come and talk to you, you respond to him like Jesus responded. It is written. It may sound like it sense, but is it scriptural? What you are saying makes sense, but it's not biblical. Yes. You'll be able to give that answer to you. It yes. is written. Scripture says this. Scripture says this. The enemy will say to you, don't go to the church anymore. Don't go to the service today. The enemy will tell you, he will try to give you reason not to go on the prayer line. He will come with wise ways of telling you that today don't go. He, he says, let us deal wisely with them. These children, this, this little group here, uh, they are standing with the servant of God. They are with him. What should we do? They, he will find, he will try to come with strategies to scatter you. He will try to come with, with strategies to come and, to, to come and disturb the bond that is the unity, the zeal that he had. If you are not careful, you can watch when the zeal in the original excitement, the original zeal for killing this team, because they, they are trying to eat that zeal. Let us deal wisely with them. Mm. While you are on your own, while you are on your own, the enemy is just trying, is, is eating into your zeal. It's like an apple, rungo rungo, bit by bit. You know, when the when the when the when the termites and the, and, the, and the ants they take your sugar, you don't see, you don't realize this, man. Yeah. When they come to take sugar, you remember the story of the woman who says, says one one came took and went, one came took and went. Mm. They, just one little ant comes and takes one grain of sugar. Mm. You not, not, it comes and takes another one. Until the whole thing is finished. One came took and went. One came took and went. But you know that's a strategy. Let us deal wisely with them. Marele Bogoshana, if you are standing or kneeling or whatever position you are, I've got my gown on now, I'm releasing a blessing. Marele Bogoshana, I've got my big shower on now, I'm releasing a blessing. My father, I can't believe that. I'm going to show you this guy's. 
Even as you allowed me to share your word with your children, Father, this is the word you gave to me, Almighty Father. Only a glimpse of the word that I have released to them. Mighty Father, oh God of God, because of you, sir. because the things that you have shown me and the things you continue to show me are even more and mightier than what I've shared with your children today. I pray that they will receive further understanding from the Holy Ghost, that the Holy Spirit will give them further revelation, and further understanding when they go through the scriptures, like like those those that, that church which was being taught by Paul, that whenever the men of God finished preaching at Berea, they would go and go into the scriptures and to check even further, to understand further. But I pray that when my beloved children go through the scriptures, when you through again, to understand that you give them even further understanding, you even enlighten them further oh God, on this subject, on this matter, Almighty oh Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, you give them further enlightenment, Almighty oh Father, on the wise foolishness of God, because of the foolish wisdom of the enemy. In the mighty name of the Lord, no Amashtok. Just guys, that when the enemy brings sense and rubbish to them, they will be able to say, like Jesus, it is written. Yes. Amen. Amen. But I Father, that none of them will ever, 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 ever receive, Almighty Father, the spirit of Absalom. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. That in the end, God, you deal with your people. Those who want to take matters in their own hands and then they disregard your word and they even quarrel with scripture. In your own way, in your own time, you deal with them. But I thank you for this one who are within ear short of mine, who are hearing my voice today Amen. and this prayer. Uh, dear Mother, this is my church at Philippi. Yes, my beloved children. Amen. Lord, I pray, Almighty oh Father, that for whatever they do, oh God, everything that they do, oh Father God, for me, not that I desire a gift, oh my Father, mm-hmm. but that I desire food that will accredit the account yes. in the name of Jesus. And that my God shall supply all their needs according yes. to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Yes. Mighty Father, I thank you as I bless them, oh God, in the name of Jesus. That they will move with wisdom. They will move with wisdom. Yes. And from there onwards, when the enemy tries to deal with them, yes. they will now know from this message. They will say, ah, 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 I'm not ignorant of the device yes. of the enemy. They will say, I know you, Satan. I'm not ignorant of your device. Yes. Even your servant Paul said the same thing. We are not ignorant of his devices. Yes. We are not ignorant. So from there, not ignorant of his but they operate as a people who are not ignorant of his devices. In other words, they know the device of the enemy. They know the trick of the enemy. They now understand that the enemy all the time will say, let us deal wisely with them. Father, I pray that whenever he tries to do that, he will not succeed. No. In the mighty name of the Lord, Yeshua HaMashiach, God of Israel, let your children be so blessed, your mighty Father. Yes. Provide for them, those who are struggling. Provide financially for them, so that they may be able, be able to continue to bless your Father God. Yes. In the name of Jesus Christ. As the church and people were so blessed, they were not lacking. Yes. Let them, those who are looking for business, let them start business. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray, let them start successful business. Yes. But yes. I give yes. I move them from the demand side to the supply side. Yes. Yes. In the name of Jesus Christ. As I move them from the side of the consumer to the suppliers of supply side, mighty Father, see this blessing in the name of the Lord. Let my God remove them. Let my God move them from the demand side to the supply side. Let my God move them from being a consumer or rather a producer in the name of Jesus Christ. Let my God bless them with the favor wherever with their employers. Mighty Father, in the name of Jesus. Let the favor of God, the favor of wisdom, the favor of knowledge, the favor of intellectual capacity, intellectual yes, capability. Yes, yes. 